Portions of this podcast may not be suitable for children. It's real-life stories and sometimes PG-13. Grace means undeserved kindness. It is the free gift of God to man the moment he sees he's unworthy of God's favor. D.L. Moody You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, portable insight, and engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life, faith, and just what could be possible when the two are combined. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening today. We have a really good show lined up, and today's show is entitled Southern Grace. We have two stories of lives that have been changed from the Bible Belt. We have Sheila's story, God's Not Done With You Yet, and our other story is entitled New Heart, New Mind. The word grace can bring a lot of different pictures to mind, but for me, it relates to God and His mercy upon us. I remember as a young Christian, I had just professed my faith in Christ. I really had a lot of rough edges around me, and really I have done nothing for God uh, other than repent of my sins and turn towards Him in faith. We were at a big event called Promise Keepers. It's a big stadium event where you have you know thousands of men there uh, hearing different messages, being inspired and encouraged in their faith. During the worship service, you have all these different men. They're singing their hearts out to God. And all I could do was stand there with my eyes closed uh, and praying and just saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I know that I've lived a horrible life so far. Uh, just really feeling guilty and kind of unworthy. And in that moment, I saw a picture in my mind's eye of these hands coming down from above and placing a crown upon my head. And when that crown was placed upon my head, I felt a a jolt of energy rush through my body that was life-changing. And there was an instantaneous transfer of information that basically God was saying to me, you are worthy, I forgive you, and I love you so much, and I'm crowning you as one of my sons. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you're going to do, I love you and I accept you just because you're mine. And to me, that is grace defined. Let's go ahead and get into our first story from Sheila. Sheila had a very rough life, uh, many ups and downs, but somewhere along the way, she experienced God's amazing grace. Hi, my name is Sheila. When I was born, my mother was only 15 years old. Now years later, after I went through the process of forgiving her and working through many things, I'm now able to look at her life through her eyes to try and better understand how she must have felt. She wasn't mature enough to take care of herself, much less a baby. So she would send me here and there to whoever was willing and take me at that particular time. And most of the time it was my grandmother. Several times throughout my life, she would decide that she wanted me back and she would come and uproot me again. I never really knew any stability in my life and I always felt as if no one loved me or wanted me. Then at the age of nine, she came and got me and took me away from my grandmother, which really at this point in my life was the only mother I had ever known. I was very attached to her. Yet my mother still came and took me to where she lived. By this time, she had remarried and had two more children by her new husband. This man hated me, 
The only reason I could figure out why was simply that I wasn't his child. Now this was not my fault, although I blamed myself for years. He started off just physically abusing me, but then that changed. He raped me, and this abuse went on until I was 13 years old when I finally told my mother. Sadly, she didn't believe me. Actually, no one believed me. Finally, I had no choice but to just let it go. I buried all those feelings of anger and hate for years. I told my mother that I wanted to go back to live with my grandmother and she consented just because she felt I was causing so much trouble and she didn't want to be bothered with me. By this time, my grandmother was also remarried and I resented her husband for taking her away from me. I was only a child and I felt like she was all I had and now I had lost her too. I was very hateful to him and caused so many problems. He was very kind and loving to me, but I just could not accept what he was offering me. Finally, my grandmother, after a long struggle, went to the courts and told the judge that I was out of control and they just could not handle me any longer, so they removed me and placed me in a foster home. The home I went to was wonderful, but at that time I just couldn't see things clearly. All I could see was that the only person who should love me had now turned her back on me as well. I just wanted my grandmother, so I ran away. Now as a ward of the state of Tennessee, I was placed in an all-girls Catholic reform school for three and a half years. Now as I look back, I can honestly say it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. At that time though, all I could see was that I was totally alone unloved and wanted in this great big world. After aging out of the system, I got married, had children, and eventually lost my three children to their father. After this heartbreaking turn of events, I just gave up on life. I got into drinking heavily and eventually turned to crack and cocaine. By this time, I had lost everything, including my dignity. I reached rock bottom and even resorted to prostitution to support my drug habit. I was arrested several times on various charges, but I wasn't convicted and I never served any time. Today, I know that God was taking care of me, even back then. He saw what I would be one day through Him. The drugs and my roaming had taken me to lots of places but one cold December day, I came across a man who was different. He told me about Jesus, how he could change me and make my life an example to others. I hadn't eaten in a couple of days and he asked me if I was hungry. So he took me to a restaurant and bought me something to eat. The entire time I ate, he shared about Jesus. He told me Christ could set me free if I was willing and how I could have a new life with no pain and turmoil. Of course, being a Christian doesn't eliminate the pain or trials and tribulation. However, with Christ in our hearts, He will give us the strength to overcome and withstand even in the worst times. I began sharing my life with this man and he still said that Jesus was the answer. Right then and there, I gave my heart to the Lord. I decided to live with him, live for him, and serve him for the rest of my life. 
After letting the Lord get my life in order, I still had this nagging issue. I always loved singing, but I had destroyed my voice through drug abuse. In my old life, I took for granted the gifts that God had given me. So I prayed and I told the Lord, if he would heal me and restore my voice, I would use this gift for his glory for the rest of my life. God did above and beyond all that I could ask. I'm now an ordained minister. I love God and I serve him with all that I have. I am also now a Southern Gospel singer, songwriter. The songs that I sing and the others that I have written, they are all his. I am only an instrument holding the pen. It doesn't matter where you are, Christ will come to you and meet you if you're willing to let go of your life and let him be the God of all. I have had so many miracles in my Christian life as I am walking miracle myself. I have even had the opportunity to reconnect with my children and now my grandchildren. God has restored our relationship. I cannot stress enough that this is for the glory of God, that my life is what it is today because of Him. Any problem we may have is never too great or too small for Him. We just have to take it to Him and leave it in His care. I've made mistakes, but His grace is enough. God loves us, and if we truly repent, confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all our sins. He will always come down to our level and bring us up to His level. No matter what, if you call on His name, He is there and He will help you. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So then all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. This quote is from author Philip Yancey. Grace, like water, flows to the lowest part. I always love hearing these stories of lives transformed because, you know, that's what happened for me. Maybe you're out there and you want to experience that grace. Well, we all have a past. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's actually what the Bible says. There's none perfect. There's none good. And you know, we experience grace when we finally are willing to admit that we're wrong uh, and that we need to apologize or say sorry or repent. Uh, and that's when God is able to pour out his grace upon us. Uh, it's when we're at our lowest and he is there to pick us back up. Our next story is from another friend from the Deep South. She tells her story of how she was once an atheist and God got a hold of her life. Let's listen in to New Heart and New Mind. My mother had a massive heart attack. And the doctors pretty much knew she wasn't going to go home. She didn't have enough heart function left for her to literally get up out of bed and walk. Uh, she was at 17% and had another heart attack that took her down to only 11% of her heart. And they were giving her uh, intravenous drugs to keep her alive, basically. Uh, she had to have this one drug just to make her heart beat. And if they stopped doing that, it would just stop beating. And they gave her another drug to keep it steady and not to go 
erratic. So she was on two different heart drugs that was keeping her alive. So we're in restorative care at the hospital. And my sister Becky, I asked her uh, about getting one of mother's Bibles. She brought me the guidepost magazines that I would always mail to mother. And yes, I was an atheist, but I respected my mother and she loved the Lord. And I made sure she had those little guidepost magazines delivered to her house. And I started and I asked Becky what mother's favorite music was, Christian. And Becky brought to me the Gaithers and Elvis Presley gospel. And I played that music, made sure she had a little CD player there in her room, and we played that music for her over and over again. But when I stayed with Mother, I would sit beside her bed. Now, Mother wasn't asleep. She was on pain medicine, but she was awake. And I would read the Bible to her. And I would uh, read the Guidepost magazines to her. And even as an atheist, at night, I would go to her bedside, and I would say, and I would pray for her because uh, she wasn't able, I would tell God, I do not believe in you, you know that, but I will honor my mother and I will pray for her because she can't. And I would pray some prayer for her. And one night after, I don't know, maybe two months of reading her Bible out loud, you know, uh, Romans, uh, there's a verse that says, the hearing of the word. And I was hearing the word because I was speaking it and reading it out loud to her. One night, something came over me, and that night I went to her bedside, and instead of saying, you know, I don't believe in you, <laughs> I didn't do that. I put my hand on my mother's heart, and I just kicked in the throne room door of heaven. And yes, I was trespassing, but I kicked the door in, and I just was very, very bold. And I said, I know that you can heal my mother. You take my good, strong heart and you give that to her. And you give me her weak, bad heart. And you take me. Let my mother live. She's a good woman and people love her and they need her. No one will ever miss me but my husband. And he'll be fine. He's strong. He can do this. Now you take my good heart and you give it to my mother and let her live. And you take me. Okay, this gets kind of crazy because the room kind of shifted and the temperature drops about 15 degrees. It just gets really, really cold and a wind blows across me and I can't stand up. So I kind of fall backwards on the little couch I was sleeping on and I have my head in my hands crying because I think I'm crazy now. I mean, how does the wind blow in a hospital room? And on my left, outside of me, not in my head, it was a male voice, very gentle and loving. And he said, your mother's not getting well. She's coming home to be with me. But I'm not through with you. I have things for you to do. Now, I knew everything that was going on in there was real. But then I'm also thinking, <laughs> now they're going to have to put two white jackets on me because I'm hearing a, a man talk to me in an empty room. But anyway, I knew it was real. That night changed my life. The next day when I left that hospital, I was a totally different person. That's why I don't call it being saved. He did not save me. He did not pull me out of a burning building. I was born again. I was a new creature who had never lived before. I left that hospital and I did not want to cuss anymore. It wasn't that I tried or didn't. And I used to just be horrendous. People that know me know what a 
evil, mean person I was. I was not one to play with. I was a very uh, mean person. And But I didn't even have to try to quit cussing anymore. It just wouldn't end me anymore. Every time I'd turn my radio on, I couldn't stand the secular music. And all I listened to was easy listening stuff. Uh, or maybe a little bit of country, but I wasn't a headbanger or anything. But even that music got on my nerves, and I would push the scan button and stop on a Christian station. Three days in a row, on the third day, I said, I didn't even know they had stations. This is crazy. So anyway, I went to Sam's Club, and I bought a study Bible. And I started studying the Bible three hours a day, just needing to know this God that I had never met before. And my life has never been the same. I've had Christians tell me early on, oh, you'll settle down, it'll be okay. You know, you're just new at this, you'll be all right. You'll just, and they wanted me to settle down and fit in and be your normal little Christian. And I got some bad news for you. I'm getting worse and worse and worse because now I just like to do what Jesus did. I like to go around, I like to heal the sick, I like to raise the dead. Jesus told me to be just like Him, not to be like other church people. And so that's what I strive to do. But let me tell you, my friend, there is a difference in being saved and thinking you're not going to hell and to be born again and being a whole different person. And I, my friend, 10 years ago, was born again in my mother's hospital room because the Bible said the hearing of the Word and from the hearing of the Word of God, man is saved and born again. And that's what happened to me. So God bless you. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. ThinkTwiceTV.com. Clear thoughts produce clear results. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. It's time for the absolute basics of the Christian faith from Seedbed.com. Answering those burning questions like who is God, what is salvation, and many more. So, let's take a bite. The absolute basics of the Christian faith. What is salvation? Here's another example. Let's say that you and your family have been kidnapped by a mad scientist and kept in a secret fortress. Try everything you can to escape, but everything fails. The government has been trying to free you, but every attempt to attack the base is repelled by the mad scientist's powerful weapons. So you're stuck. But you hold out hope because you have a brother who's a top military agent. You know that if anybody can save you, he will. Then one day the guards throw open the prison doors and toss in your last hope your brother, the secret agent, and he's so badly beaten it's barely recognizable, so you all begin to cry. Your last hope for rescue has been captured, but your brother lurches to his feet and smiles at you. With great pain, he begins to pull out of his own body tools for picking the locks of the cell. He gets to work, opens the cell doors, and leads the way to freedom. What seemed like the darkest moment was actually part of his rescue plan. Well, this is what Jesus did. In Matthew 6.18, Jesus says that not even the gates of hell will stand against the church. And the way Jesus defeats the enemy of death is in the most unexpected way of all. He defeats death by dying. Jesus descends to the realm of the dead and breaks free again, opening the way for us all. We might even say, with the nails of the cross, Jesus picks the locks at the gates of hell. 
So this is how Jesus solves our two big problems. He reconciles us back to God by being a perfect sacrifice for our sins, and he defeats the power of death in his resurrection. The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith from Seedbed.com It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom, a short single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach. Illustrator Martin Hanford wanted to draw crowd scenes, but the, the children were so fascinated in finding their hero that more than 40 million Where's Waldo books have been sold in 28 countries. The author says he hides Waldo so children can learn to be aware of what's going on around them. I'd like them to see wonder in places that might not have occurred to them. Part of what makes Waldo hard to find is he's so ordinary looking. You know, in the initial pages, his presence is obvious. But later on, he is hidden, but the other occupants of the page are, are sea monsters and giants, so Waldo stands out. But then eventually we come to the hardest page. By the end, he's in a room full of Waldos, virtually identical to himself. The only distinction being one detail is different. Maybe he's missing a shoe. You can look right at Waldo without even knowing it. Where's Waldo? Why doesn't he show himself? Why does he hide his face? He may not be absent, but he's elusive. Like Waldo, Jesus is easiest to find on the earliest pages. The farther you get into the book, the harder he is to locate. St. John of the Cross wrote that often when someone first becomes a Christian, God fills them with a desire to seek him. They want to read scripture. They, they're eager to pray. They're filled with a desire to serve. These characteristics are, in a sense, gifts from God to get them moving, a kind of spiritual starter kit. But after a while, John of the Cross says this initial eagerness wears off. God takes away the props so that we can begin to grow true devotion that is strong enough to carry even when unaided by emotions. How do we handle those seasons when we're in a spiritual rut? What do we do in those eras when we feel overburdened? Jesus is present on these pages. We just have to look for him and we'll find him if we remember to look. Let every day, every, every moment, of your life be a page. Jesus is there, and we will find him if we look for him. This quote is from Thomas Watson. There is none so empty of grace as he that thinks he is full. You know, the Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that was me for so many years. I was so proud and arrogant. I thought the Christians and the church were ridiculous. It was boring. I was going to go out and live the wildlife and do everything I wanted to do. Uh, and I didn't experience grace. I had plenty of troubles, um, regrets, uh, nearly losing my life, and, and lots of other things that I'm not proud of. But thankfully, I was humbled and I repented. And God picked me up and changed my life around. He can do that for you today. The next episode of the Think Twice TV podcast is entitled, A Message to Our Daughters. 
we'll hear from two young ladies who struggled in their teenage years only to find strength through faith later on in life. They'll give their advice to the young ladies out there that would need direction and hope in life. This will also be a message for the parents out there on how to guide and direct our daughters towards victorious living through Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could share this podcast with someone or go back and click through our previous podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This venture is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association. Revealing the love and power of God through media. www.mediamessengers.org If you like the show, follow us on social media and please help us reach more people. All our social links are in the show notes. While all our stories are true, some of them have been read by voice actors.